This podcast is proud to be sponsored by Logos Bible Software. If you've been longing for the tools to take your Bible study deeper, you need to try out Logos. I've been using Logos for over a decade now for both my devotional and pastoral study. Right now, Logos is partnered with Kingdom Dreamers to bring you exclusive savings. Check it out at the link in the description if you're on YouTube or in the podcast show notes at all other listening locations. Welcome, church, to the house of the Lord this morning. Thank you, Sister Mary, for that delightful hymn. I hope you're ready to receive from the Lord this morning, church. We have the distinct privilege to welcome to the pulpit this morning. Uh, um, uh, what's that dude's name? You are now tuned in to the Sermon Archives of William R. Horn. Kingdom Dreamer Productions. (laughs) Welcome in to another episode of the Sermon Archives with William R. Horn. That's me. So... Check it out. We're here, season one, episode eleven. But I have some good news and some bad news. Bad news is I said this would have fourteen episodes in season one. It's not. We're only gonna have twelve. Ran into the problem with uh, audio from quite a few of my sermons at Sign of Dove, but two in particular I was gonna put on here. Uh, the audio was just terrible. I couldn't couldn't make you listen to it. Um, I saved them on here and then. Never listened to them, then went to listen to them as I was about to uh, edit and put them together, and it's just unsalvageable audio. So that's the problem. So even with this episode today, I'm going to give you the shortened version instead of the real version I preached at Sound of the Dove. Um, this one today is called Fear or Faith from Luke 8, 22 through 39. But before I tell you a little bit more about the sermon, I need to tell you to follow me on Twitter at William R. Horn. Check out the movement at kingdomdreamer.com. We also just added uh, a bunch of merch in there, so get it while you can. Um, hopefully some of the main items will be able to back order. So if it doesn't have your size, order it. We'll get it going for you. So cool merch, new hats, new T-shirts. Also want to show you our Patreon page. So I'm actually recording this right before our launch on the 16th, but you're going to hear this afterwards. So I wanted to show you, get a little uh, share screen here if you're on the YouTubes. So our Patreon page, just wanted to show you before launch some of the tiers you might want to uh, join to support us. Uh, We have the community member who will get access into our Discord community, um, follows on all social media, wristband, coupons, more. You can see the Dreamer, you get a free t-shirt. And then the one unique thing I want to point out again is the book club, but there's actually two tiers of the book club. There's the used book club presented by Better World Books, one of our sponsors that we recently were blessed to get. Um, And then there is, as you see on YouTube scrolling down here, the normal book club. So the difference is one, you'll get a used book when possible and one you always get the new book. But each month when you sign up for that tier, you get a book of the month and then you're in a Discord community that is the book club where we can basically have an online book club and discuss 
that book. So all the books are in uh, theology and sociology. So a lot of good things. If you want your reading material curated, you want to grow, this is a good way to do it for $25 a month. You can join the used book club. And then also for 28, you can just join the standard book club where you get the new edition of books. Some people are picky about that. Uh, don't want other people's writing in their book and stuff like that. And I understand. Uh, but you also can sign up for the MVP role. MVP role is 40 a month and you get everything. You get t-shirt, wristband, book club, everything below that. So all the benefits. So make sure you check it out. Patreon.com forward slash kingdom dreamers. Um, but with that, let's jump into this sermon. This sermon was recorded um, on October 26, 2015, Fear or Faith, Luke 8, 22-39. The extended version of this was preached as Sign of the Dove, but this is the version two months earlier. I actually preached for an African-American preaching class at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School. So it's a little bit different in its context. Its context is to seminary students that comes out in some of the application, um, but hopefully a good sermon. Nonetheless, hopefully something that can bear fruit on here. Really enjoyed my time in this class and my time at TED's. It uh, shaped me, my peers shaped me, really developed me into the pastor, preacher, theologian uh, that I am today and continue to want to grow to be. So uh, this one will be a little bit shorter, but hopefully good for you. So faith or fear? Luke 8, 22-39. Morning, church. Morning, morning. morning. church this morning. Is that all right? Yes, all right. With haste, I would like to go to our Father and King in prayer, and then we will jump into our scripture today. So, would you bow in prayer, please? Father, we acknowledge you as King. We acknowledge you as King in this place. And the Holy Spirit asks you to fill us afresh. We open our eyes to your scriptures, the rest of your truth. Allow me to decrease and you to increase and your truth to come forth. We thank you for this time and we thank you, Jesus, for your life, death, resurrection, and ascension that keep us loving. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. So Luke 8, beginning in verse 22, and I'm going all the way through 39, so you need to hang with me. I'm going to read from the New American Standard Version. And it translates this way. Now, in one of those days, Jesus and his disciples got into a boat. And he said to them, let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they launched out. Are you ready to launch out this morning? Yes. yes. But as they were sailing along, he fell asleep, he being Jesus. And a fierce gale of wind descended on the lake, and they began to be swamped and to be in danger. They came to Jesus and woke him up, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he got up, rebuked the wind and the surging waves, and they stopped. And it became calm. And he said to them, where is your faith? They were fearful and amazed, saying to one another, Who then is this that he commands even the winds and the waters, and they obey him? Tell your neighbor that Jesus is all-powerful. Jesus is all-powerful. Continuing the story in verse 26. Then they sailed to the country of the Gerasons, or the Gerasons, however you want to say it, which is opposite of Galilee. And he came out onto the land. He was met by a man from the city who was possessed with demons and who had not put on any clothes for a long time, and was not living in a house but in the tombs. Seeing Jesus, he cried out and fell before him and said in a loud voice, What business do we have with each other, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For 
he had commanded the unclean spirits to come out of the man, for it had seized him many times, and he was bound with chains and shackles and kept under guard. Yet he would break his bonds and be driven by the demons into the desert. And Jesus asked him, What is your name? And he said, Legion, for many demons to enter him. They were imploring him not to command them to go away into the abyss. Now there was a herd of many swine feeding there on the mountain, and the demons implored him to permit them to enter the swine, and he gave them permission. Verse 33, And the demons came out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. Church said, There goes the bacon. There goes the bacon. <laughs> Continuing the story, when the herdsmen saw what had happened, they ran away and reported in the city and out in the country. The people went out to see what had happened, and they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had got sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they became frightened. Those who had seen it reported to them how the man who was demon-possessed had been made well. Amen? Amen. And all the people of the country of the garrisons and the surrounding districts asked him, Jesus, to leave them. So they were gripped with a great fear. And he got into the boat and returned. But the man from whom the demons had gone was begging him that he might accompany him. But he sent him away, saying, Return to your home and describe what great things God has done for you. So he went away proclaiming through the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. So my primary question for you today from this text is, Who are you? Who are you in this story? Today I'd like to examine three characters that encounter Jesus and how they respond to Jesus when he acts in power. Three characters and how they respond. So the first character that we see is the disciples. The disciples, those who were in the boat with him. As a good Christian person and as the studious people we hear are at Trinity, we know quite a lot about the disciples, right? The disciples were handpicked by Jesus to make up his inner circle. The disciples appeared to spend every waking moment with Jesus in the scriptures. And earlier in the same chapter of Luke, Jesus says that they had been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. This is certainly a privileged group, isn't it? To hear the mysteries of the kingdom from the king himself. And frankly, those in the boat know Jesus better than anybody else knows Jesus. And they refer to him as master in this passage we see in verse 24. But by the indication of their actions and Jesus' question, this certainly doesn't mean they fully understood the man. Up to this point in Luke's narrative, the disciples have seen quite a few amazing things with Jesus. They saw him catch a net-breaking worth of fish when they couldn't catch one all night. They'd seen him heal a man with leprosy, making him clean, kill a paralytic and making him walk. They saw him raise the dead to life. See, these disciples have seen quite a few amazing things with Jesus. And though it is early in their time, we can easily say they had ample time for their faith to grow in Jesus. You hear me this morning? Yes. Now they find themselves in a boat in the middle of the Sea of Galilee when a violent, fierce wind descends through the valley on the boat. The storm intensifies. Water begins to fill the boat. And now it's time to panic. Tell your neighbor, uh-oh. Uh -oh. The situation is not looking good. The fierce winds of water are strong enough the disciples are fearing for their lives. They think they're going to die. 
So they rush to wake Jesus, who clearly can sleep through anything, and they explain the trouble that they're in. Immediately, we see in verse 24, Jesus gets up, rebukes the winds and the waves, and they all become calm. Simple as that. You know, because Jesus got it like that. Put a one up on the weather, man, any day. He's a master over the waters, which the scriptures represent as chaos. So say to me, Jesus... Jesus is the master over the chaos. The disciples react to this power act in what the scriptures say is fear and amazement. And just as we think this scene is about done, Jesus asks a pointed question. Where is your faith? Where is your faith? See, at this point, it's hard to understand where the disciples are in relation to Jesus. It's important to notice that Jesus didn't call them faithless, but it is curious why their faith didn't show up in these circumstances. Mm-hmm. Why did fear take root and not their growing faith? Brothers and sisters, does your faith lack when you're going through the storms of life? No one will call you faithless, of course. You're here training for the ministry of the gospel. But does your faith show up when life shows up? When things get hectic and frightful, Does your faith in Jesus come to bear? As you know, this story continues. And it continues to the other side of the sea where we meet two other characters. And the first character we meet, or that I want to discuss, is the people of the garrison's region. The people of the region. When Jesus and those with him got to the land on the other side, Jesus is met by a man. A man possessed by demons. And how the scene is painted, it seems that this man's been this way for quite some time. As the scriptures say, he hasn't put on any clothes in what is a long time. And the people of the region seem to be used to his condition. They have grown used to evil. That's a sermon for another day, though. (laughs) This demon-possessed man falls before Jesus, and the demons, named Legion, for there were many of them, cry out, Don't torment us, Son of the Most High. See, they knew that Jesus had power over them. Anybody know Jesus has power today? (laughs) And not wanting to be cast into the abyss, the demons request that they be cast into some pigs nearby. And Jesus permits them to go into the swine, but they still go to their ultimate destruction as they go down to the lake and drown. This is quite an interesting scene, isn't it, church? Yes. Now look what happens in verse 34. When the herdsmen saw what had happened, they ran away and reported in the city and out in the country. And then as a result of this telling in 35, the people come to see what had happened and what they found startled them. Look to verse 37. Or Well, you see they were gripped with fear and what they do in their fear, we can now see in verse 37. And all the people of the country of the garrisons and the surrounding districts asked him, namely Jesus, to leave. They asked Jesus to get out of there. A mighty act of God has occurred, and the people want nothing to do with it. See, they chose fear and not faith. They chose fear and not faith. When Jesus comes in power, or when God acts in miraculous ways, we have a habit of rejecting them, don't we? We have our nice little boxes that we like to fit things in, and Jesus' power doesn't fit within our worldly paradigm. See, the people of the surrounding villages, they had evil and pain in their paradigm. They wouldn't be used to this man being all sketched out in the tombs, 
and possessed by demons, right? They had evil and pain in their paradigm. This was normal. But they had no room for the power of the God of Israel in Jesus right. to come act in their situation. See, I've encountered quite a few people in my time in ministry that ask me, if God is real, why don't we see miracles today? And I must reply, maybe you rejected the miracles right in front of you. Right. Oh. Maybe you rejected the miracles right in front of you, amen. See, at Trinity, at a place so academically rigorous, which we praise God for, it becomes easy for us to trust in our own logic. See, we have a paradigm, a system, a systematic theology, a box to fit everything in. See, we fit even our God in a box. And I want to remind you today that God does not fit in a box. We forget that the scriptures are not just words on a page to exegete, but they are stories of how the living, triune God, king of the universe, has acted in times past. Amen. Yes. If my God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, I cannot lock his power in the past. <laughs> the question is, does your faith only go so far? Does your faith only go so far? When God acts in miraculous, powerful ways, do you have a space in your box for that? <laughs> when Jesus acts, do you respond in fear or faith? Fear or faith. Now, there's one other character in the story that Jesus encounters, and he's the man who receives so much, right? Who, in his encounter in Jesus, his entire life was turned around. And that's namely the healed demoniac. The healed demoniac. When Jesus encounters this man, he's in a very bad spot, to say the least. He was possessed by demons, living naked in the graveyard, and rejected by society. See, things were not looking good for this man. However, when he encounters Jesus, everything changes. Anybody know that Jesus is a game changer today? Yeah. Yeah. Hear me. Yeah. Jesus is a game changer. Look at verse 35 with me. The people went out to see what had happened, and they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed in his right mind, and they became frightened. Those who had seen it reported to them how the man who was demon possessed had been made well. Jump down to verse 38. But the man... In direct contrast with those who just rejected Jesus, but the man from whom the demons had gone was begging him, that is Jesus, that he might accompany him. But he sent him away saying, return to your house and describe what great things God has done for you. So he went out proclaiming throughout the whole city what great things God had done for him. See, the healed demoniac, who in Luke's portrayal is healed very holistically, this man is the ideal of faith in this story. This man is the ideal of faith. He's put in direct contrast with the people who rejected Jesus, the people of the region. And in his healing, the, the demoniac, sorry about that, puts faith in Jesus. The demoniac puts faith in Jesus. He longed <coughs> to be with Jesus. See, his faith in Jesus after his healing led him to sit at the feet of Jesus. And this is a great sign of submission, isn't it? And not only that, his faith led to action as we see him proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom after he's sent away by Jesus. See, the healed demoniac is an exemplar of faith in this story. And in his healing encounter and his faith to follow, he is made in his creation. 
Anybody been made new today? Yeah. yeah. See, the former demoniac chilling was not only physical, amen, but it was mental, emotional, relational, social, and vocational. You hear what I'm saying today? Yes. In his recognition of Jesus as the one through whom God's salvific purposes were going to come, he demonstrates full faith and submission, and in turn, it changes his identity. The former demoniac now shares in the ministry of Jesus, telling of his mighty acts and the kingdom to come. He has been made whole and given a purpose. You hear what I'm saying? Yes. He's been made whole and put on mission. His whole life is turned around because he demonstrates faith in Jesus. So my question then still remains, who are you in this story? Who are you in this story? Are you the disciples who, though aren't faithless, they don't act in faith in their life circumstances? Are you the people of the region who flat out reject Jesus when he acts of power? Do you have space for God's miraculous acts? Or are you the healed demoniac who knows what Jesus has done for him and is now sitting at the feet of Jesus? Who are you in this story? See, fellow ministers of the kingdom, as I was writing this story, work, not writing this story, I didn't write this story, as I was working on this sermon, uh, I found myself to be weary. I was weary of the busyness of life just seeming to never end. I'm weary of schoolwork piling up. Weary of paying bills and then still coming back to the next <laughs> month. Weary of hitting the streets every week. Wanting to love my community but not seeing fruit. I'm weary of teaching the youth and not seeing any growth. Yeah. I'm yeah. weary of battling sin day in and day out. Weary of praying for my loved ones to know the goodness of my Savior but they haven't turned yet. Yeah. I found myself to be weary of being weary as I was working on this sermon. Mm -hmm. okay. Longing to have the joy of my salvation back. Longing to have my passion for the gospel and my hate for sin renewed. But as I allowed this text to speak to me, I had to ask myself the question, who am I in this story? And in my weariness, I had to admit I was more like the disciples than the healed demoniac. See, I certainly haven't been faithless, but I sure ain't been faithful. You hear what I'm saying? Yes. Anyone hear me today, in my weariness, my faith and trust in God was failing to show up in my life circumstances. Mm -hmm. See, but when God's word spoken to my weariness, I was revived. Yes. I found life. See, church, I know where my faith is now. Can I brag on my Lord for a yes. second? I was a dead man. Yes. You know, I was a dead man, and everywhere I laid my head was a coffin. I was blind to the truth, deaf to the truth, yes. but now I've come alive in Jesus. See, yes. I am the man who was tormented and now healed. Mm -hmm. I am the man who was naked and now clothed. See, I am the man who was captive, and now I am free. I am the man who was living amongst yeah. the dead, but now I have come to life. See, I am the man who was out of his mind, but now is in his right mind. See, I am the man who was controlled by evil impulses, but now I'm sitting at the feet of Jesus. See, I am the man who was homeless, but now is part of the family of God. I am the man who had no purpose, who wandered aimlessly, but now I have a purpose and identity, and I'm set on mission Pressing towards the upward call of Christ Jesus and the kingdom. Therefore, I am the man who will trust Jesus in the storms of life. Yes. Yeah. I choose fear. I don't choose fear. I choose faith. <laughs> and not fear because Jesus has given me peace in the troubled seas. So my question remains today. Who are you in this story? Where is your faith today? Mm -hmm. Amen.
We are proud to partner with Fiverr, the online marketplace for freelance services to get stuff done. If you have any business or creative needs, you need to check out Fiverr, whether that's a logo design, website optimization, social media boost, video production, you can find it all on Fiverr. We as the Kingdom Dreamers have used them for many of their services and plan to continue. Check them out at the link in our show notes.